Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. We're going to have some time in Q&A now, and Chris, the first question we've got is... What's the difference between the way Habakkuk questions God and how Job questions God? Yeah. Oh, I'm really glad. <laughs> I'm really glad people thought of Job. Uh, I think there's a lot of similarities, honestly. They fit together really well. Uh, and in some sense, we could be having these same messages from Job. Job directs his pain, his disappointment, his questions to God. And that's where the book kind of builds to its crescendo is when he's just like, God... I'm putting my complaint before you now. Uh, I think maybe the biggest difference I see on a, just as I'm thinking about it now, is Job is vindicating himself and he's talking about, hey God, I haven't done anything wrong. What are you doing in my life? Whereas Habakkuk is looking at the state of the world around him. So they've got slightly different emphases on, on what their concerns are that they're bringing to God. Makes sense. Um, how can we practically sort of have patience um, while we're waiting for God to sort of respond or after we've cried out to him and said, how long, Lord? What does it look like practically to have patience in those situations? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I can say, hey, watch and wait, and it makes it sound easy. It's actually really, really hard, isn't it? Uh, I think waiting... Uh, during unanswered prayer or a sense that prayer hasn't been answered is one of the most painful things as a Christian. Uh, so thanks for asking. Uh, I'm sure other people will have a lot of wisdom on this. Some, some thoughts from me initially would be uh, write your prayers down, be specific, date them, and then come back to them. I think part of waiting uh, patiently is actively being conscious what we're waiting for. And I think it's important for us to be able to articulate what have I asked God to do uh, I think uh, sometimes that is going to get really hard. And you, I just feel like I'm praying the same thing all the time. And then we need to be able to shout that out to God and tell God how frustrating it is to still be waiting for this prayer to be answered. Uh, but I think to... Uh, oh, man, I want to say too much. I'll try to be brief. Uh, I think part of our watching is being conscious that maybe God's answering the prayer in a different way. And that, I think, is why we need to be really attentive and trying to pay attention to what he might be trying to teach us through the waiting or perhaps by not answering the prayer the way we expect. I don't think Habakkuk was asking how long in the sense of until you destroy our people. I think he was asking how long until you intervene and bring us to righteousness. Uh, but God wanted to answer in a different way. He did answer the prayer just in a different way to how Habakkuk expected. So we need to be attentive for that. I think make the most of community around you. I I talked about how he addresses God specifically. That doesn't mean we can't share our pain and our disappointment and our frustration with other believers that can encourage us. Uh, Make the most of the community around you. I think make the most of uh, the communion of saints generally. So some of the most encouraging people are people that have suffered worse than us in previous generations but have written books about it. Uh, There are a lot of really wise people who have suffered a lot that can give us a lot of perspective and consolation when we're hurting. And so if you're really struggling, 
ask around and find out a book or the experience of someone that might line up a bit with what you're going through to get some of their perspective. I think finally, I'd say we, I don't say this glibly, I recognize this is hard, but we do already have enough in Jesus Christ. Whatever we're going through, Jesus is still enough. And so I think we need to be consciously reminding ourselves of what we have in Jesus. Uh, the, so, the manifold blessings we have in him so that we can have perspective and a sense that God hasn't forgotten us. Because I think ultimately that's where God wants our eyes to be resting is on Jesus on the cross and in his resurrection uh, and what that means for us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've talked a lot about um, uh, what it looks like to wait for God to answer us and to have patience in those moments. I mean, I think that's prompting a lot of questions about how do we actually know when God is answering our prayers, like practically? Um, yeah, you know, what does it look like um, and how might he answer us? Yeah, I, I can see why you're <laughs> asking that question, but I'm I not sure you actually think we, I'll be able to answer. Uh, it's, it's so varied. God answers this in so many different ways. Uh, I think... Whew, Partly depends what you've been asking for. And I think if you've been asking for something contrary to his express will, uh, he's not going to answer that prayer the way you want. So if you're asking him to do, do something that we know God will not do, then he's not going to do that. Uh, like something sinful, for example, if that just makes sense of it. There, there's certain things God isn't going to do for us, and so we can ask for them, but he's not going to fulfill that prayer the way we want. I think, uh, what's Romans 12, 1 and 2? Uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think uh, we need to be learning God's voice. Uh, in John 10, Jesus says that his sheep recognize his voice. And I think we need to be drawing close to Jesus so that we are uh, understanding more and more about what God's will for, for the world is and what his will for us is. Uh, and that will help us often, not always, but to discern how he might be responding to us in certain circumstances. Uh, I think... Uh, Sometimes he'll just really kindly make scripture so clearly for the moment we're in. Uh, and I'll read something and I'll just, I'll just be floored because I'll like, wow, that was God answering me in that moment so obviously that I need to write this down and put a giant <laughs> asterisk next to it so I can remember God does answer prayers really yeah. obviously sometimes. Uh, sometimes it'll be in the counsel of a friend. Uh, like there's just a variety of ways God can speak to us. But I think the more we know his voice, uh, the more we try to draw close to him reading his word, praying to him, trying to obey him in the areas we do know his will, the better we'll know his voice and the more we'll be able to discern when and how he's answering us. Uh, I like the analogy of uh, an old analog radio. You know yeah. how you, uh, when you're driving in a car long distance with an analog radio, the further you get away from somewhere that starts to slide out of frequency and so you have to keep tweaking yeah. it to get it, uh, to get the right frequency again. And I think that's kind of the walk with Jesus. That if we're ignoring him and we're moving too far away, sometimes it gets harder and harder to discern his voice. We need to come back to him in obedience and humility so that we can better hear his voice again. I hope I haven't just <laughs> not answered that by using a bunch of metaphors. Uh, hit me up if you want to follow that up more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we've talked about this a little bit already, particularly in talking about um, waiting patiently to hear God answer our prayers. But do you have any tips for how we can might be able to keep from being discouraged or feeling despair when we're in seasons of waiting? 
or perhaps in situations where we feel like God's giving us the answer that we don't want. Can you say that last part again? Sorry, I was already thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> All good. So um, how can we keep from being discouraged by sort of either God not answering us or God telling us no? Uh, I mean, it can be really, really hard. And I've been thinking a lot about prayer lately, <laughs> unsurprisingly, given what we're looking at right now and given how we got to look at Habakkuk. Uh, I think I usually think of reading scripture and prayer as like a dialogue between us and God. We yep. pray and then he speaks to us through, yep. uh, through scripture, so it's like back and forth. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to be more and more convinced that uh, scripture is the primary and ultimate way he speaks to us. I'm not taking anything away from that, but that uh, he's working in us when we pray as well. It's not like we just pray and then wait to receive something. It's in the yeah. process of praying that we actually are receiving. And I'm really excited to look at the progression through Habakkuk because he ends at this astonishing place where he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And it doesn't seem like that much has changed in his circumstances, but something's changed in his heart. And I think that has happened through him. I've just given, I should just preach sermon number three. Well, uh, I think that has happened by him praying to God again and again and again. And God's worked in his heart through those prayers. And so I think when you're feeling despair and discouragement at God's answers, uh, by praying, you're opening him up to changing your heart so that you don't feel despair and discouragement. You're opening him up to your joy. Uh, and I think at the same time, We have to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy before him bore the cross, scorning its shame. Like, uh, that's, I'm just quoting Hebrews 12 now because I'm excited. (laughs) Uh, but Jesus was able to find joy even in the cross because he was looking forward. And I think as we look forward to Jesus, we can find joy too, even in really, really dark places. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying Jesus is powerful enough to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one question, one last question to round us off. And if you've asked a question that hasn't um, been asked uh, tonight, I apologize. Um, and I'm sure Chris would be up for you to have those conversations with him directly, putting him under the spot. Um, the last question, how can you lament, learn to lament to God uh, when it feels wrong or unnatural to question God? Yeah, <laughs> uh, because it does, right? Uh, I've been reflecting again, doing a lot of thinking lately, uh, on how much in our culture we uphold stoicism as a virtue. So stoicism, like, just getting on with it, uh, not complaining. And I've kind of been struck by, oh, I, oh, I shouldn't, yeah, all right, how whiny the psalmists are sometimes. <laughs> that they just, like, pour it all out to God. I think if you feel like it's wrong, then start reading the psalms, because about a third of them are complaints to God about how things are going. Uh, we had a, a great speaker for some of our, our volunteer leaders a couple of weeks ago who took us through Psalm 88. And I just thought, wow, I've never really looked at this Psalm closely enough before. So look at Psalm 88, read some other Psalms of lament, and just see how much this is the pattern of God's people when they're in a hard place. Because I think Scripture then is going to loosen your tongue and give you permission to start pouring it out to God. Uh, but Habakkuk does it really deferentially. Like he's careful and respectful. And that's a really good thing for you to do as well. So if you're a bit hesitant about just questioning God, make sure that you're really respectful and and try to honor him and how you speak to him. Yeah, for sure. Well, perhaps tonight 
you found encouragement in knowing that, uh, like Habakkuk, we can cry out to God in lament. Um, perhaps Habakkuk's words struck a chord of relevance um, with what we see in our world today, or maybe tonight was the first that you've ever heard of the concept of lament. I hope that tonight that you felt encouraged, as I have, um, to cry out to God, how long, Lord? Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we know from your word uh, that you hear our prayers. And so we come to you tonight and cry out, how long, Lord? How long must we watch our world suffer? How long must we be stuck at home fearing a virus we can't control? Help us to bring these and other worries to you this week, Lord. Help us to lament to turn to you when we feel weighed down by these concerns, knowing that you hear our prayers. In your son's name, amen. Thanks for joining us tonight. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.